Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Raushan. Oh, yet another conversation about football with an honourable guest, I must say. Yeah, quite excited for the guest we have, especially because he's joining us from Madrid, where I understand there might be a bit of a sadness this morning. Mm. On the line with us is Sasi Kuma, former national defender, uh, also known as the Blade of God, uh, the shoulder blade, that is. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm a big fan of your show. I will listen to all your podcasts as well. Good to have you with us, Sasi. Now, we're going to talk about Singapore football because you are one of the household names when it comes to Singapore football. But right before that, we touched earlier about you coming in from Madrid. What's the mood like in Madrid this morning? Well, it's uh, only 9am in the morning here. I'm pretty sure that... Uh, the mood here is going to be a little bit somber. But having said that, uh, in my house here, everyone is an Atletico fan uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> because my boys, uh, we don't really care about Real Madrid. But uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, half of this city will be a bit uh, sad this morning. Um, I'll probably find out about that as my day goes on. Oh boy. Uh, okay, Sasi. So the reason we got you on is because uh, you've had national glory. You've been through the entire national sports system. And now you are in Madrid where you're trying to help your son further his footballing career. I follow you on, on social media. So I've seen some of the posts that you've been putting up. Your boy seems en route to something great. I really hope the best for him. But this conversation about local football... Uh, 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 you know, newspaper reports about how the FAS has to come out and be accountable. Generally speaking, what are you making of the situation at a glance? You know, like you said, I've been involved in football for a long time as a player um, in in various different forms as a club owner. Um, now I sit in the committee of the Unleash the Raw UTR. Um, I think the time where, yeah, I mean, Again, when I look at all the chatter on social media, everybody blames this person, that person, FAS, everybody else. But I've said this in one of the shows that I was on a few days ago, um, that all of us have to take the blame. I think all of us are equally as guilty um, because the current state of football, it is where it is because of many years of doing, right? And it's not just overnight things happen. Uh, in football, things don't happen overnight. But I really think that we should put all of this behind us because it's not going to serve us. The past is really not going to serve us. I think what, what's going to really serve us is the future, what we can look forward to, uh, what we, our kids can aspire to and what our kids can dream about because I see a lot of people saying that, oh, we, we shouldn't send a team to the Sea Games, shouldn't send teams to the Asian Games. I think that's taking away dreams of our little ones, which is uh, even more detrimental than poor results at the end, in my opinion. Now, Sasi, you talk about dreams. You have taken matters slightly into your own hands, giving that opportunity to your two young boys migrating to Madrid and giving them that chance to excel on the pitch, right? Now, for the benefit of the listeners, when did you make this move and how is it coming along? Yeah, I think, you know, just just a bit of context. Uh, we thought about moving out of Singapore quite a few years ago. Um, even before COVID, we were planning to leave and then COVID hit. Um, it's basically because I also wanted some sort of, uh, you know, growth in my professional mm. uh, life as well. I, I was working in, in Asian football for almost 20 years after my retirement. And I thought, you know, I've always wanted to work in European football um, and and started looking at different opportunities. So I would say that 
yeah, while my kids were also a big motivation. But I think at the end of the day, it was for me, professionally, I wanted to work in European football. And that's how the whole journey started. Um, it's been almost a year since we, we, we left. We left uh, April last year and came back for a bit in the summer and then uh, moved to Madrid in, in August. So it, it's, it's almost past a year now. And uh, we're really enjoying uh, where we live. Uh, the boys enjoy school. Um, I see them a bit more relaxed. And of course, the football is, is uh, you know, it's evident that uh, they're doing and thriving really well under a different environment, which is really, really competitive. And I was uh, pleasantly surprised that, you know, they, they had what it took to, to, to make it to where they are and actually just, just not playing. They are thriving, which is a huge surprise for me. Sassi, I want to pick on some of the words you use there. They are thriving. They're not a selling, but it is an environment where it's high competition to your surprise. Just a couple of words you use. And the reason I bring that up is, you know, you said earlier on that we are all to blame. We all have to shoulder the responsibility. Okay, fair. I agree as fans as well. But you've made this decision, as Raushan brought, brought up, to go to Madrid to help your children excel in sports do you feel, what is the problem here? I mean, I'm starting to think, you know, that Asian culture of, hey, then the study how, the academic mm. achievement how. But you mentioned it's competitive. That, uh, how, what is it about the environment that's helping you make them thrive? Um, I would say that, I mean, um, it's not good or bad. It's just mm. different. Mm. I think mm-hmm. we, as a family, we always talk about that. It's not good or bad. It's, I mean... There's really good things about living in Europe and there are also a lot of bad things about living in Europe. I mean, that's normal. It's the same with Singapore as well. But I think it's the environment, environment that allows the kids to, like I said, aspire, dream, uh, be themselves. Mm. Uh, You know, my kids go to school from nine to five in the evening and, you know, they seem to enjoy it. When they get up in the morning, they want to go to school. And Mm. back home, I had to force them to go to school. Um, they, (laughs) They seem to be thriving here because they have got out their comfort zone. They are a bit more, especially Kian, my eldest son, he used to be quite quiet, very reserved. Now he is outgoing, he's confident, he, he speaks a different language, both of them speak fluent Spanish now. So I, I think these are the things that uh, allow them to just blossom, get out of the comfort zone, not just themselves. I mean, even us uh, as adults, we had to get out of our comfort zone. So I would say it's the environment. I mean, you look at Singapore, and I've said this many, many years, uh, no matter what we do, uh, we are really fishing from a very small pond, mm. right? Uh, that's the ocean out there. Mm. And that's one of the things that I wanted for my kids. I mean, the, the reality is my both my boys were um, probably the, the one of the few better ones in their age group, and they had to play one age group up um, wherever they were. That's not that, for me. That was not a really good indicator of talent, and, and I always said them. I said, told them I said, like, okay, that's great, but let's go to Europe and try and mm. see where you stand, mm. because uh, being the best in Singapore doesn't really matter, and that's the reason why Joseph Schooling had to leave early because uh, you needed to grow in a different environment where you're flying with eagles, right? Yeah. If you want to be an eagle, you got to fly with the eagles. It's as simple as that. I mean, all of us want to be the uh, at the top of our trade, so we need to be around people that are going to help us bring the best version of ourselves. Because here, with, with my boys, there's no off day. I mean, you can't have an off day mm. because somebody else is waiting. <laughs> you know, back home, you can have one season, two seasons off day. Or for the matter, you can have two or three good games and you call up for the national team. I mean, that's the difference, right? Yeah, it certainly is, Sassi. And I'm just going to follow Elliot's lead and pick out on something you just said, which is comfort zone. Do you think the boys in Singapore, the young ones coming along in the footballing system are too much of a comfort zone that they need to be exposed to something different and at a very young age. 
You know, it's not their fault because I think Singapore as a society, as a community, provides that, right? As a country, it provides that safety, mm. a bit of a bubble where you, you don't really worry about uh, anything, right? I mean, you can walk, uh, you know, you can allow your kids to walk 3 a.m. in the morning. Nobody's going to say boo or they can take the public transport. It's super safe. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that as a kid, uh, in the sporting environment at least, that's the, the best thing for you because you are not against um, odds because the odds are always stacked with you, not against you. And that's not growth, right? You, you need some sort of uh, hardship. You need to sweat. You need to, you need to bleed to learn something because if you don't make the mistakes, then you're not going to learn. If you're not in a different environment where things are hard, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to grow. So I think it's not their fault, but they're in an environment where it's easily labeled that you are a star player in, in Singapore or you are really good in Singapore at a very young age. And mm. then they grew up thinking that, that that's it, you know, <laughs> that's it. But you don't have to go too far. Just go across the causeway, they're better players. You go to Thailand, they're better players. You go to Japan, they're better players. So I, I really think, I really think that in the next, at least in the next decade or so, the environment in Singapore for youth players won't be there mm. as we try and fix these things. And I think the shortcut is to send them to a place where they can be competitive at a very young age. Now, Sasi, you talked about taking the hard knocks, rising up from being knocked down, right? Just for context, your boys have been there for a year. Has there been any opportunity or chance for you to, you know, mentor them and tell them, look, it's tough now, but it's going to be worth it, just in terms of pushing them up and wanting them to achieve what they are set out to, to achieve? I think at the end of the day, we must also, uh, me as a father, um, I, must, I must understand and always be um, cognizant that they, that they are kids, right? They are they are their kids at mm. the end of the day they want to play with their friends they want to have an off day they want to watch youtube they want to serve whatever the kids do these days right um and i don't want to take that away from them um, so trying to keep them on the path uh, at the age of nine and and he's going to be my younger one's going to be 10 and 12 it's not easy when do you become a father when do you become a coach when do you become a mentor <laughs> that's a that's a fight i have with myself every day right um but at the end of the day they understand that they have a huge opportunity in front of them. They kind of understand that they play for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, and and this opportunity doesn't come to everyone. Um, and they are there now. And they understand that they need to do the work. As much as uh, I would say that, you know, there are days that they, they whine and they, they find it hard to get out of, of bed to go to, to, to training and stuff like that. But they are generally, I would say, 90%. Uh, they are very disciplined. And uh, they... I must say, at a very young age, they have some focus. I, I hear so much pride in your voice, uh, Sasi, and I think this is fantastic. I've got a bit of a two-part question. Um, the first one's a quick one. Sasi, personal question. When I called you a Singaporean son, what is the first thing that comes to mind? What makes you feel you're Singaporean? You know, I, I must say that I served my country twice, right? First <laughs> with the national service, and then I played for the national team. So more than anybody, I think we are a select group that we actually served the country twice. Uh, I'm I'm very proud uh, to be Singaporean. I'm very patriotic. I, actually, in fact, my boys are equally the same. In school, they sing the song about Singapore and how great Singapore is. And mind you, here in Europe, everybody sees us as a Singaporean still, uh, right? And uh, they're very curious. So we, we kind of fly the flag uh, quite high here. Mm-hmm. And Singaporean son, at the end of the day, that's our DNA, right? I yeah. mean, we all come from different heritage, but at the end of the day... Um, 
that's why sometimes it hurts when our football team doesn't do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate you talking about national service because uh, that's actually my second question. I mean, I, I really hope your boys make it into the to the Atletico team one day. Maybe see them on the bench going into the first team. But what if that time comes and it is also national service time? Have you thought about how you're going to deal with that? Yeah, you know, that's a question everybody asks me. I think uh, in, in some ways people do genuinely care and then in another way that people are saying, why are you doing all this? Because at the end, it's not going to amount to anything. I think the people are divided uh, when it comes to this. Um, I, I don't like to think too far ahead. I think that's putting the cart ahead of the horse. Mm. I would really like to think that let's take one season at a time because he and his 12, it's at least another four, five seasons or six seasons mm. before mm. He's offered a, a contract. There's a lot of things can happen in this, okay. you know, four, five, six years. Uh, a lot of things can change. But at the end of the day, I think we are committed. We are still Singaporeans. Like I said, we are very proud to be Singaporeans. And, and, and serving NS is, is a, it's an integral part of being that as a Singaporean male. But at the same time as well, um, you know, you, you if you get to a state where you, you go like, hmm, there's an opportunity for you to go on and after we have sacrificed and put so much money, resources, energy into it, uh, it's not going to be easy to just turn away and say, oh, no, that's it, we are, we are leaving, right? Mm. So I, I, I don't think so that will be the case. But again, like I said, it's too early to be talking about that. Mm. As we stand now, we are still committed very much. I think both my boys are committed to, to, for the obligations. Well, Sasi, I can assure you the two Singaporean sons in Elliot Danker and Ziaul Raushan will be rooting for both your boys as well as for your family. <laughs> now, just to wrap up the conversation, we started talking about UTR Unleash the Raw. In recent days, they've initiated a football conversation town hall to engage stakeholders and seek feedback on the UTR project. Now, fans have been championing for open dialogue for a long, long time, right? So do you think this then is a step in the right direction for UTR? Absolutely. I think these are the conversations that has, should be um, uh, you know, going on on a regular basis. I think it's not shouldn't be a one-off. Um, at the end of the day, football is nothing without the fans, as we can see. Um, but I, I also want to urge everybody going to that uh, event to be constructive and not disruptive. Because mm. it's quite easy to become emotional about football, right? We all can be, uh, if your favourite team loses or whatever, we all can be quite emotional um, and, and rightfully so. So what I think needs to be done is to have a very carefully curated conversation around what can be done. Like we really need to reflect and ask ourselves what can we do, right? Rather than saying, oh, he's not done this or he's not done that. He's not done it. I mean, that time has passed. That ship has sailed, right? We are where we are. I think, uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm glad and, and Eric Chua leading it. I mean, I met him on several occasions and he's a really nice gentleman. I think he's his heart is in the right place. Uh, maybe Albert, of course, he's not a football guy. He He's the first to recognize that. Uh, but I think his heart is in the right place. He's uh, heading in the right direction. Hopefully, the people around him pull in the right direction as well because it's not a one-man show. Uh, it's impossible for him to do it alone um, because he's, he's not even at the working level because he has to juggle his uh, other uh, duties as well. So, But this is a great start. And I would love to see this being a quarterly thing where we use that platform uh, to see how far we've come or if we have missed the mark. Because there's nothing wrong with saying that we've missed the mark because this is uh, something new and we can always reiterate and, and go forward. There's no harm and there's no shame in saying that we made a mistake. I think that um, there's a big problem now in, in a place we will live where I think failure or not rehitting the mark 
um, it's kind of frowned upon and then we sweep it under the carpet. You shouldn't do that. That's Especially in sports, we... Uh, the part of the sporting uh, spirit is to understand that you've not reached the mark and then, you know, take a different direction. So I hope really that happens, but it, it's great. And well done to the UTR team and, and also Eric Chua for, for putting this together because I think it's much needed. We've been speaking with uh, former national footballer Sasi Kuma. Sasi, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great day ahead. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.